0: So I think a lot of it is tapping into, like really asking yourself the questions. Am I not asking for this raise promotion? Am I not starting this business? Am I not starting the side hustle because I'm afraid of something? Or is it actually like, I don't have the skills or I don't have the desire?
1: Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear? And today I'm really excited for Kim Ritborg to join us. Thank you so much, Kim, for coming on and making time for us today. Thank you for having me. It's fun to be here. So Kim is so many wonderful things. I could go on and on and on, but she is an award-winning digital marketer who helps professionals and businesses grow their income, leads, and credibility through videos and podcasts. She actually spent 15 years as a media executive at Netflix, People Magazine, and in TV news and launched the first ever video unit for US. Weekly. So I'm sure everybody listening has seen Kim's work. She's been featured in Business Insider and Fast Company, speaks across the country, and graduated from the University of Pennsylvania. She also hosts Mom's Exit Interview podcast, which was spurred on by her decision to quit corporate and launch her own business after working in the hospital while giving birth to her second child. I can totally relate with that. And that is really what sucked me in, Kim. So let's just dive in right there into that. You had an amazing media career. So tell us a little bit about what all was going on in your life and your work that pushed you over the edge when you were working in the hospital, literally just after you gave birth.
0: Yeah. I think like so many other people, women, uh, it's like, go, what's my next goal? How do I achieve the next thing? And like so many of my peers, just had a career I really enjoyed, um, kept sort of, I don't like to say climbing the ladder, but kept working hard to, to do work that I loved, that I was being rewarded by, that I was getting good signals, like this is, I'm good at this, keep working. And then I was in TV for many years. And then I, at that point, digital video was growing and I was really, really excited to step into a leadership role. Like I felt ready. I was like, I'm gonna build a video unit for this magazine that doesn't have it. And it was really exciting for me to be like a business owner inside a business. So I mm-hmm. didn't have to go and get money. I, I used, you know, their existing resources, but created an entirely new video business inside that magazine and website at that point. And it was an amazing opportunity. I loved it. I got to hire everybody. I got to oversee the creative, the operations. And I had my first baby there. And I was there with one child for two years. But by the time I was pregnant with my second, the company was being bought. And it just happened fast. It was like the company was bought. Half the people were fired. Me and my team weren't fired, but half the people were quitting. And I was, you know, what is it? 10 months pregnant. By the time you're in the labor room, you're actually 10 months pregnant. So I was there in the delivery room and I'm on my iPhone and I'm trying to fill the roles of all the people who are quitting. And I am like many other people. I really like what I do. I I enjoy being good at it. I enjoy, but that's not success. Working in the delivery room is definitely not how I define success. And I just had that moment of like, there's another way to do this. I know there is. And that was the beginning of my figuring out what's next and knowing that with certainty, I was definitely going to leave corporate.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I really like to focus on because... You know, we got to get at the heart of what is pushing us to behave the way we are. Do you think that it was part your personality, part the pressure, part the situation that led you to be working literally in the, you know, few days that you were still in the hospital after giving birth? I mean, what do you think really put you in that frame of mind that you needed to be doing that? I, I feel like
0: with age, uh, I've become wiser. I think that, you know, I'm able to more clearly look at my own um, characteristics as mm-hmm. double-edged swords. I think the things that let us be really successful are also the things that can be very damaging to us as as people, as family members, as partners. And so I think for me, I was really committed to really not letting people down. And I think that's something that a lot of us do. It's like, we never want to let anyone down. We we feel responsible for something that we do. And even though we were bought by a company that I wasn't personally aligned with and I didn't want to work there anymore, I still didn't want to let the unit fall to the ground. Like for the people who still were there, I felt an obligation to help them Find good people. Like I was in that role because I'm very good at staffing. I understand the very specific needs and skill sets of the type of people who would thrive in that role. And again, I was at the beginning of the digital video era. And so it's not like there's a million people for every role, it is a very specific skill set. And I wanted to really help the people, support them to still have a thriving unit, even when I was gone on maternity leave. And I think it can be that idea of like, I never want to let anyone down. I want to make sure that I'm still helping other people. Even at this moment, I should have been like, sorry, guys, phones off. Goodbye. And you know, I, it's not like I work for myself and I don't grapple with that anymore. I do. I just have better check-ins because, uh, there's fewer, um, specific, like the boss or the team, or I'm letting that person down, but i still do struggle with making sure I'm saying, oh, what's my first priority? and that's my family and so i think i'm i've definitely created a better line in the sand
1: yeah well that and that's and that's why i think it's really important for people to think about because Um, I do think there's a lot of situational awareness, you know, companies, big companies want to get the most they can out of you. And if you're a high performer, they're going to just keep asking for more and more and more. I mean, because they know that you will deliver. And so it's incumbent upon us to realize what is our personality. And I actually shied away from some jobs um, when I was transitioning and doing some other stuff, because I knew, I knew that the, 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 the culture of what uh, the people I would be working with and and the style of how they were working, it would feed into those hard areas within me where I didn't want to be seen as the weak link I didn't want to see be seen as the person that wasn't performing like at least above average, if not like top of the line and you have to be aware when you're you know no matter if you're gonna go into business on your own, going to a new company, whatever it is um that what is it in you that's also aiding and abetting this kind of lifestyle that you don't really
0: want? Totally. I think that it's easy to say like, oh, it's it's corporate's fault. It's the man. And it's like, no, we are all active participants in our life. And I'm not going to be like, oh, this horrible thing happened to me, this company. It's like the company got bought and I found myself working in the delivery room and I started to be like, oh, how do I create a career more intentionally? And that's been mm-hmm. something that's on my resolution new year's resolutions for the past few years is how am i more intentional with the choices i make with the clients i take on with how i put my time because we will fill our time we will always fill that calendar and so i think that it's taking a look and saying what part of this was an outside factor what part of this was an inside factor because those inside factors don't go away you change your exactly. situation you're still who you are and i'm real about the fact that my husband like will say hey kim It's six o'clock. You don't have to drive for dinner if you don't want to, but you've said you want to be here for dinner with the kids. And I'm conscious about that. Like I have purposely worked for myself so that I can be more present with the kids, sometimes pick them up from school, definitely not miss dinner unless I have to. And so just because my brain is like, oh, I'm really in this strategy deck. I'm like really excited about this project I'm doing or this new class I'm launching, this new video I'm making, that's not the point. I rejuvenated my whole life to be more present. And so I have to train myself that if I'm a person who's like laser focused on something, I get really into something, I sort of like am in a vortex. Like I'm really excited to be working on this thing. That's okay. That's not, it's not a bad thing to be excited about working on something, but to say, hey, at 5.30, I need to start disengaging from my work and start going to the dinner table. And just being aware of that, I think has helped a lot. And I don't, I'm not perfect about it, but just knowing that that's, how I am has helped me create a life closer, closer to what I'm looking for.
1: Yes. I I feel it's the same for me. And I wonder if, can I ever really get there? But you know, what I ask myself consciously, like I would say at least once a week, I ask myself, what am I, what is my real goal? What am I seeking to really achieve? Um, And while I have a big vision for my life, uh, the, the kind of nuanced, specific achievement that I want to seek, it, it is moving a little bit, you know, and it, it, it's hard to pin it down um, because you achieve something and you want more, and I really don't know how to turn that off in my personality. Um, that can be really hard. So I know how you are. I mean, my my husband was just talking to me about this this weekend um, about you know what is the focus, and you know now it's summer, and what are you going to do with the kids, and those kind of things. Um, and it is really hard because I still want to do other things that I find fulfilling, even though
0: my family is my priority, but it's, it's really hard. Yeah. But I, I have to say, you did tell me one day that Fridays you try not to do meetings and I was impressed by that. That's uh, a boundary that you're creating. I was impressed by that. I try to do that too. I don't, depends on how busy the rest of the week is. I don't always stick to it, but I do try to not have meetings on Fridays. I try to do te- a tennis class on Fridays. I yes. try to, I think building in structure that forces those boundaries helps for me, at least. Um, I used to have a sticky note on my, actually, I got a new computer. I need to redo the sticky note. My sticky note on my computer said, why are you doing this? Not in a negative way, but as a gut check, why are you doing this? And the sticky note strategy is actually something I always use for work, which is only do things that align with your number one goal. Because especially in video, people have all these creative ideas. The ideas might be good, but resources are limited and you always have to stick to your number one goal for video strategy, for business strategy. But I also use that for my personal life and professional life. So I stick the note on my computer and it's like, why are you doing this? A, that helps you say no to more things. Like I've just said no. A lot of people just ask me for things and I say, thank you so much, but uh, you can email me in August, maybe in September, and I just don't have time for it. Um, it also helps me delegate better. It's like, Am am I really going to spend two hours doing that administrative stuff? Don't do that. (laughs) That's not a good use of your time. So I think the sticky note strategy helps keep me a little bit more on task.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, But you're right. Because one of the things when I moved into the entrepreneurship area, I wanted to have this like freedom, like I'll just take the day as it comes and we'll see what happens. That was a bomb for me. That was failure, failure, failure. I didn't know what to do with my time. I am not an unstructured person. It just was simply not going to be the way to say, sure, somebody calls me and I don't have anything going today. I'll just go to lunch. No, I need to have it planned. It has to be planned. And so to your point about structuring in, building that in, that is what has worked for me. And that's why on Fridays, I try to limit it to that, to either catch up time or just a totally free day. If I try to build it into like, a half day, like I'm going to do some meetings and then I'm going to take a break. That it, it just really hard for me to pull myself away. So giving myself that day, and if it means I have to do a little more work on other days, that's fine. But that is really what has worked for me. But I love that. And I think I'm going to copy that note and put it down because that is a good question to just ask yourself day in, day out, all day long. You know, yes or no is so important. And what you say no to is just as important Is what you say yes to. Um, And so asking yourself that, why are you doing this? What is the meaning of this is so great. And just having it right there where we're staring at the screen, you know, so many hours of the day, you can't, you know, you can't forget about it. So, you know, in the podcast that you're doing, and you're talking to a lot of women, a lot of women that left corporate or other kind of interesting careers to go and do something more entrepreneurial or build um, out of business, what do you think?
0: is the biggest thing that working moms are struggling with? I think there's a few things. One of the things that definitely comes to mind is that second shift, the double shift, because I think that obviously most couples are dual income nowadays. I think it's something like, I forget the percent, but most 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 um, families, if they have two parents, they're both working at this point, majority. I think that, um, and even if you're not, it's necess- not necessarily a fair balance. So- I think the domestic workload at home, I think is something that people struggle with because it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're working 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, whatever a week, and then you're home doing another five, 10, 20 hours, whether it's packing lunches or laundry or whatever, or even like the calendar keeper, like I'm the calendar keeper. It's It's a lot. It's a lot to be the calendar keeper. And so I think that's something that people struggle with. And I see the moms that I talk to that have less stress around that, I think have strong communication with their partner about what they need. Um, I think the other things are the boundaries um, are something that I think that everybody, like, I I don't want to say is struggling with, but um, is creating the yes, no. What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Um, What can I realistically say yes to without breaking some, burning some bridge or cracking something that you can't glue back together. I think that that's something that people um, struggle with. And then the boundaries of once you start your own business, how do you turn it off? Um, how do you how do you have a healthy balance? And I think that one thing is like a work-life balance. Most people are like, oh, work-life balance doesn't exist. They call it work-life integration. I still call it balance. I don't really care what you call it. Um, I think people struggle with the, um, from what I've seen from the parents I speak to is, The balance might not be there on a day-to-day, but if you step back and say, oh, over this month or over this quarter, I feel like I got what I needed. I feel like my kids got what they needed. I feel like I was supportive and mutually supported by my partner. So I, I use that with my kids as well. So if they're talking about like, oh, you know, Lily got a donut at her party today and I deserve a donut. And I said, and my daughter even said this back to me, my daughter will say, well, Nate, it's like mommy says at the end of the month, did the month feel fair? Do you feel like you got what you needed at the month? Then everything's fair. And so that's what I think about balance is like the idea of it. Yeah, I don't have balance every week or every day, but if broadly I look back at like this quarter, I'm like, yeah, I got plenty of good time with my kids. I feel close to them. I did move my business forward. Okay. And then like, did I exercise a little bit?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got to squeeze it in.
0: (laughs) And so I think that's, those are the sort of things that I think people are struggling with or working towards is that work-life integration, is that second shift of just having a lot of domestic stuff on their plate at home um, and the boundaries of saying yes and saying no. Um, And then that also ties into delegation. I think a lot of the people who come on the show have given, I have points at which during my day, I hear the voices of people I've interviewed on my show in my head. Like I have Rebecca Minkoff, who is the designer. She says something like how she decides about what she does or what she doesn't do she asks herself, is this the best, highest and best use of my time? I think about that all the time. And someone, I was just teaching that, I teach this for, I teach business owners how to grow with video and podcasts for their business. And I teach this too. So some of my students hate editing. That's okay. I basically hated editing until I just decided I was going to do it. Anyway, I don't do all of my own editing, but some of it, I said to them, She said, should I delegate? Should I hire an editor? Or I really don't like editing. I'm not good at it. I said, you should absolutely delegate that out. Is it the highest and best use of your time? If you're getting paid $10 an hour to run your real estate business and you're paying your editor $3 an hour to edit that video, you should hire an editor. So I think that it's the same thing with business. It's the same thing at home. Do you love cleaning your house? Or like if you have the money to pay hire someone else to clean your house, like, yeah, that feels like something you should do. And so I think things like that about delegating as well go with those boundaries. Absolutely.
1: And uh, I I was thinking about that when I pulled up to my house uh, for vacation this week and looked around. Uh, My husband and I, before we had three kids, we did a lot of the yard work ourselves because we love being outdoors. And I had a lot of guilt about just hiring somebody to mow the lawn. And I think, well, first of all, I wasn't the one mowing. So <laughs>
0: I don't know why. You're like, so no guilt there. No guilt there. I'm never on the lawnmower. <laughs> uh, and he
1: loved it. I think he also had guilt about it because he really did love it. But it was like, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and so now, honestly, my goal with my business is simply for it to make enough money that I can have a personal assistant because there are a lot of things. And when you talk about um, calendar integration and all those kind of things with three kids, busy schedules, lots of sports, I would like somebody to monitor all that because it really does take a lot of time and energy that I don't feel that that is the best use of my time. Like uh, you, somebody else tell me where I need to take my kids. I'll take them. I love doing being the doer. I don't want to manage how we're getting there, what we're doing, and oh, do I need to get their water bottle ready? Honestly, I would like for all that to be done for me. Um, but I'm not quite there yet. But I'm not going to have any guilt about that. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Stuff like that. Also, I'm particularly bad at certain things. Like, I'm really not good at cleaning the house. You want me to sew your button to do anything crafty or sewing related? I'm good. (laughs) Cleaning is like not my strong suit. So, I never have any guilt with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think holds women back from pursuing their passions? Like, what do you think, you know, if you look back, was there any point where you wanted to leave corporate sooner? but you weren't ready, do you see in talking to other people that they have, um, you know, just some holdups with that, that, that are really kind of keeping them trapped when they know that there is something else that they're passionate about, that they want to be doing, that they could be doing, um, but they just, you know, keep on the corporate train.
0: Yeah. I think my experience is very much a mirror of many other women. I had that epiphany when I was in the delivery room that I want more control over my schedule. What am I doing? I'm quote unquote successful, but working through my son's birth. But it still took me two more years because it's not just the logistical things. It's the mindset stuff. Um, And moving backwards, I was a TV producer, meaning I was writing and producing TV for like news segments for national outlets, Inside Edition, Fox. Like I was a good writer, good producer, kept getting nice raises, good reviews, all that stuff. I was good. I wanted to do on-camera reporting. It took me like eight years to send out my on-camera reel. Even though I knew I could tell a story, I could write a story, I'd like to talk to people. And so a lot of those voices in our head are, are not, it's not always, oh, how do I, I don't have the information needed to grow my business. Or like, I don't know that little bit of information. That's a part of it. But so much of the other stuff I think is us questioning ourselves and having those negative voices being really loud. And I gave a keynote on fear and I offered a four-step process to step through the fear. One thing I really like sat with and identified for myself, it's, it wasn't just that I didn't know how to start a business. It was all of the things that I was afraid of And it was not just the logistical. It was, am I going to be judged? Am I going to look foolish? Am I going to fail? And then, yeah, there's the other stuff. Like, I don't know enough. Like, how am I going to learn all the things? But like, we never know everything at any point. You know, you take a job, you only know maybe 60% or 90% or 40%, you know? But we're always learning. And so you can't say, oh, I don't know everything. So I can't start this job um, or this business. So I think a lot of it is tapping into like really asking yourself the questions. Am I not asking for this raise promotion? Am I not starting this business? Am I not starting the side hustle because I'm afraid of something? Or is it actually like, I don't have the skills or I don't have the desire Um, or I don't want to do that thing. I thought I did my, my desires have realigned. So I think that just being honest with ourselves about what is holding us back because so many of us are like, oh, I don't have time for that. And then I see this so much with my clients. I talk to, I teach people around the country how to make video and podcasts to grow their business way before making a video. You have to be comfortable putting yourself on camera, comfortable speaking in public, in meetings, speaking in public speaking. And so much of what holds people back are those insecurities. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I sound. Who am I? be an expert? Am I really like worth saying that's like putting myself out there? And I had those things too. Like I had those questions of when I started my business and started showing up on social video, for sure, for real, I was like, what am I going to talk about? And people were like, Kim, you teach video. Like I was already guest lecturing at Syracuse University. They're like, you could just get on video and teach video. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I could. And like, obviously that's so obvious, but You know, I had those voices in my head like, oh, my corporate peers, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to think I'm a narcissist. They're going to think I'm like silly on social media. And I used to be like this big sexy executive. And now I'm like a person showing up on social media all the time. And then I just started like just quieting those voices and being like, you know what? I run a business. Those people don't run businesses. Whoever I'm thinking and worried about judging me, first of all, is not paying attention to me. They're too busy like making their dinner, picking their kids up from school. They probably don't think two seconds about me. And the other stuff was like, well, those people don't run businesses and they don't need to market themselves and good for them, but I do. And I'm just going to stop listening to those negative voices in my head and just start investing in myself and doubling down on the things I say I want in my life. And the things I want in my life is to be control of my schedule in control of my career. And to do that, I have to invest in my business. I have to be out there and I have to put myself out there.
1: Absolutely. And when you were talking about that, that you know, the mental aspect of it, I, I, I feel like it's very, very similar whether you are starting a business, starting a side hustle, whatever it is, you know, going out on your own direction, or even for women who want to take a different corporate job where they feel that they don't have the skills, they haven't done this job. How do you step up a level? How do you have translatable skills into a new position? And it's really the mental aspect and aligning the kind of path so that people feel comfortable so that they know. And that's where I think um, there is a real marketplace for coaching. Like that's what it is. I don't think that there's any magic secret that we're talking about here or something that either one of us have uncovered or in all the podcasts that I listen to because I'm an avid podcast listener, you know it's almost always the same advice. It's the same issues. And most of it are simple, simple, simple things. That doesn't mean it's easy to actually take the steps. But at the end of the day, I think most of it is pretty simple. It's that we need a cheerleader sometimes, whether we can find a way to be our own cheerleaders that we can drive past the fears and the motivations, which I have just always been naturally pretty good at. But even then, I, I say that. But in this journey, which has felt, you know, a uh, much more foreign than anything I did in corporate or legal world. Um, you know, it's been nice to have somebody in my corner saying you're doing a good job. You know, you have such good things to say or any, any positive thing because, you know, you just don't know sometimes what you don't know. And you, th- these fears can creep in. But um, I think that's where People need to understand that if you are willing and desiring to do that, if you don't feel totally comfortable like Kim and able to just jump out there and go for it, it, it even though it did take you two years, um, to find somebody that you can talk to, that can walk you through this process, that can help you shift your mental gears to getting there. Because the, the, the one thing that I hate, and I, and I hate this, it is a, a reflection of myself. What I hated seeing was that I knew I wanted to do something different like you did for quite a while and the timing always comes when it comes so we can't hindsight is 2020 we can't worry about it. it is water under the bridge but I do hate that for myself that I put myself in a box that I didn't necessarily need to be in um, because I wasn't ready or brave enough or, or felt comfortable enough and so that's why I love sharing these kind of stories with other people So they can see and hear and feel what it looks like. And that even people like you and I struggled, um, because it is hard, but if you want to do something different, I truly believe that everybody has the ability and the skills and the knowledge to do something different and, or on their own. So, um, that's awesome. So what do you think, how many years have you
0: been on your own now? So I'm in year five or four. I forgot. I'm in year five or four. Wow. Congratulations. And I like to also say, I'm now open about all the struggles I had, but um, I have six little trophies on my bookshelf. But, you know, I think that it was scary to leave corporate and I kind of gave up on a lot of the things that I had in corporate Like I was like, oh, like I'm not going to have some fancy email address. Like no one's going to write me back again. And I sort of was like, but you know what? I'm really excited about this new, this new stage of my life and my career. I, I'm going to get to like have control of my time with my kids, get to chill more in the summer with them. I'm going to still work, but like really be in control of that schedule. That was really what drove me. And I gave up on the idea of like accolades or glamour. And then I ended up working on these two amazing projects for this big nonprofit called It Gets Better and winning six awards. So it is that sort of thing as like the reward for betting on myself came the reward for betting on myself were the rewards that I didn't have when I was in corporate. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, and just putting myself out there more to our point about being afraid. Like I launched my podcast called Mom's Exit Interview that we talked about. I got featured in Fast Company, Business Insider. I've been on camera, uh, PIX11, New York City TV. And just all of these things happening that are probably more than I expected. And so I think it's a good reminder of, just if you really feel committed to doing something, double down with that coach and 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 seek out people who can help you and support you. And since I left corporate and started my own business, I got all that press. I now have a whole new section of my business. I don't just make videos for bigger companies. I now teach business owners how to make videos, which Crystal knows. Crystal was in my boot camp. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's how we met. And I now get to empower other people to do what I do. And I did not ever envision that as a part of my business. It's not something I understood. It was not in my view. So I think that some of it is going forward and being committed to the the larger goal. Like my larger goal was like, I'm good at videos. I'm good at podcasts. I'm good at helping people get better on camera, taking those skills and just figuring out the path along the way. And each year looks a little different, but I've definitely been like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did this. I There's definitely no looking back. I'm so happy I did this. I don't regret that it took me longer than I thought it would, whatever. And it's been so incredible for me and my family to be able to, to have a career that suits me, that suits my kids, that suits our home. But also I'm like, I spoke to a thousand people this year. Like I'm now doing public speaking I was in Vegas, Orlando, Arizona, teaching people how to be more confident on camera, how to come up with good video and podcast ideas. And so I just feel like my, the gifts that I have that I've been working on for decades and getting better at are now actually open to more people. And I actually feel like I'm not feel like, I am helping people. Because to your point we were saying before, I think people maybe can read a book. Maybe you can, in theory, know what you're supposed to do but it does take someone saying you can do it. And that's a big part of what I do. I believe every single person can show up on camera, can be the expert in their field. And it's not like so many people say, oh, well, do you see this weird thing on my face? Or sometimes my mouth moves to the side or sometimes I look off in that direction. And I'm like, no one notices that. You know what they notice? The awesome things you're telling people on camera, the awesome things you're teaching people, your interesting business, like, And I feel like it's, I am very excited to empower more people through my skills. And that's something that I couldn't have seen five years ago. I definitely didn't envision this step of my career, this business that I'm growing, where I'm touching thousands of people each year. It's so cool. And I'm not saying thousands of people like on social media, watching my videos. I mean, literally thousands of people have been in the rooms that have heard me speak, that were taking notes and that were coming over to me afterwards being like, oh my God, Kim, I'm so moved by what you said. I feel so inspired. I feel so motivated. Like I'm doing workshops, I'm doing keynotes, things that I was like, it was in a book, in a journal somewhere. I want to speak more. I definitely didn't envision it happening like this and so fast. And so it's really such a testament to believing in yourself and finding those people who are going to cheer you on. Because I think of myself as like, I think of myself as a cheerleader, but someone else called me, Kim Gravel said, I'm an electrifier. I think of myself as a cheerleader or an electrifier, I like to turn your switch on and make you realize you can do it. Armed with the confidence, armed with the knowledge, armed with the strategy. Um, and it's just been amazing. It's just been this unbelievable, unbelievable stage and season of my life that I'm just totally relishing.
1: I love that. And what what I heard, which I I am seeing a trend in as well, is that, being open to possibilities. You had an idea for what you wanted your business to look like and where you wanted it to go, but you stayed open to possibilities and new opportunities that came your way. And that has really broadened what you're doing and brought in amazing opportunities and amazing um, times and success in areas that you never even planned for. And I think that's the thing. And when you say five years, you know what a lot of people feel, um, and I just was reading a post about this, an article... Um, about people giving up too soon is like, you know, six months in, they're not seeing the success or and it it can be hard, especially if somebody like you, if you left your job, if you leave your job and then you're not necessarily having income right away, that can be tough. That can really put pressure on you. But if you're just not seeing the success that you want to see, and it's been six months or 12 months, don't give up. I mean, it can take a little while for the snowball to build and staying at it and then staying open to opportunities where you might just bring in a little bit more revenue
0: or they might open a door to something else. Like All of that is gold. And the beginning of my own business, I was very much doing the things I had done before for a corporation. It's not like this new stage where I'm working with more business owners, I have more clients, my revenue is more diversified. Like The first 18 months, I had one really good client three days a week. And It was great because I got to see like, okay, this is a possibility. There is some other format to use my skills, but each, you know, maybe 18 months or something, my business like shifts and brings in new things. So yes, I mean, I think that when people are worried, oh, I'm not going to bring in any money at first. I think there are a lot of business owners do that, not side hustle, but you're still bringing in income from the things people know you for as your other uh, income is building up, and that's something I've been learning from the guests I have on Mom's Exit Interview. Is that it takes time, but also don't be afraid. Not don't be afraid. The money from what people know you for, you can keep taking that in as you're building up your new business, which is definitely what I did. Um, so I, I think that's something to really keep in mind.
1: Absolutely. So Kim, what is something that we might see you do in the next couple of years, or something that you have thought about that might
0: surprise your friends and family that you want to do? Oh, um, be a DJ. Just kidding. I'm terribly not musical. Um <laughs>
1: like I love that. You're gonna be a DJ. We're gonna see you in Ibiza. No, yeah, I'm not a
0: musical <laughs> and I'm not good at dancing like court choreography dances. Um, I think that okay, so non-surprising is that I'm definitely planned to be on more stages. So you I think of it as, you know, you do things, you see how it feels, you get the reaction, and I've been doing more public speaking, and the response from people after the speeches has been so overwhelming. I'm like, oh. I'm meant to do this. Like I wrote in my journal that night, a journal, I probably use my iPhone notes, but I wrote down, I am meant to do this. Like I am meant to teach, but also to bring my energy to people, to make people laugh, to make people believe in themselves. Like I just, that was like, oh my God, I'm meant to do this. Um, What will I be doing in the next few years? This is such a good question that it's kind of stumping me. Um, I do say every uh, year, I try to do something that scares me. Last year, I overloaded with things that scare me. This year, <laughs> I've also um, overloaded with things that scare me. So I look for new things. So I, it, when I was younger, I did improv comedy with my brother, who's a stand-up comedian. I think uh, doing stand-up because it scares me, but I do think I'd be good at it, is something in the future I will do, not professionally, but just because it's something that scares me, but I think would be fun. Um, just pushing myself. I think pushing myself into new things that seem appealing, but also... Are like, oh, Amore, I'm really going to do this, Kim. Don't do this. Do this. Ugh. When you like think you're going to throw up, but in a good way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I can't see you being that scared of anything. I really, <laughs> you just have a take on the world attitude, which is what I love yeah. about you. And yes, that's why when you are on stage, it makes it so easy for other people to get comfortable because you are so comfortable. And you. um, when you're around that kind of energy, it really becomes pervasive. Yeah. And I think that's why people
0: love working with you. Thank you so much. Actually, uh, sorry. One thing I'm definitely going to keep doing is uh, I've been doing more group courses and group coaching, and that's been really, really fun. I definitely did not understand how that would take place. Like, I had seen peers of mine do group coaching, and I was like, well, how do people sign up? Like, who's going to sign up? Like, who's going to come to me? Like, I didn't understand, even though I'm a marketer, I still was Mm like, but like, who's going to sign up? And actually, my group coaching and my new courses, like they've been doing really well. So that's been fun. So I definitely want to do, I'm going to be doing more group coaching for sure about video and podcasts, like how to become a thought leader through video and podcasts. That's definitely something I'm going to keep continuing to grow. So I definitely, that's going to be something you'll, people will see more of me. Not that that's surprising, but that's something I'm excited about. So more of the, how to more, more of the teaching people how to be thought leaders through video and podcasts, more speaking. Um, and if anybody wants to have me speak at their office or company or conference, I am available. Kim Ritberg, R I T T B E R G. <laughs> Absolutely, and and I was all of your socials and everywhere
1: that you, we can find you will be in the show notes. And that's the other thing I was going to say is um, Kim recently uh, put out a. Uh, professional day for videography in New York City with a very, 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 very limited amount of people. And I think that that's going to be so smashing that Kim is probably going to do that again. Yes. And if you want to be notified of that, her email list and her website are the place to check that yeah. out. Um, and that yeah. is a great opportunity for um, elevated businesses um, of any kind to really get that full suite of like People Magazine quality editing and all that, um, so you can't beat doing it hands on with like a producer right by you. So,
0: and I also have freebies. Um, people can, um, I'll put the link in. I have freebies of like how to be better on camera, how to shine on camera, how to make better videos, um, and how to pitch yourself in thirty seconds. That's a new freebie I did because to your point earlier about people being able to advocate for themselves, we all need to be able to. Say what we're great at and why people should work with us quickly and easily and smoothly. like that's very, very, very important. It's the same with raises, promotions, businesses. so that's that's another freebie. So I'll link that out there. Um, and thank you the the shoot day was really cool um to your to our conversation earlier about adjusting all of your skills and providing them in new ways and being open. Basically, I'd always done like higher end branded shoots for bigger brands and companies. But now I've been working with all these amazing business owners. And I saw that like they could use these high quality assets, but you know, they don't necessarily have the same budget as a huge company. And so I had, um, I think it was six different business owners come to New York City. And it was so fun. Hair and makeup, headshots, sit down and get your day of glam, Um, I sat down and interviewed them and they're getting all of these amazing videos uh, for all their social, their websites, everything. And we did a nice dinner at Soho House in New York, which was fun. Uh, So it was a great day. And so, you know, being open to just like, I know what I want to do, which is help business owners grow with video and being more confident on camera and how the structure of that is changes. Sometimes it's group coaching, sometimes it's public speaking, sometimes it's that shoot day, but it's always the same Sort of things I'm teaching, but in different packages. So I'm excited. I love I love Crystal. So I'm sure all of Crystal's listeners and friends will be friends of mine. Absolutely. Well,
1: this is so great. I love all the information that we've got. Thank you so much for your time. Like I said, everybody, um, all the places you can find and follow Kim will be in the show notes. She really has great information to share and. It is just wonderful to see what you've done, how you've done it, and let us be open to asking you questions about that because I really think it's inspirational. So thank you for your time today. Everybody, um, check it out and listen in to Mom's Exit Interview because similar style podcast to this, talking to other uh, women and people that have left corporate and what they are doing now. You can get inspired. You can think about all the avenues that are available to you and to what you want to do. And until then, keep getting clear and know that you are made for more. Thanks so much. And we'll be back. Thanks for listening in. If you loved what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with your friends. Tag us on social media so we can give you a big shout out. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want more, head on over to the website where you can learn all about what we do to serve and support our entire community. Until next time, keep dreaming big and getting clear. You are made for more. So start living like it today.